All right, Hope, how are we doing today? Everybody doing good? Good, it's awesome to see you. Uh, new sixth graders, anybody in new sixth graders in the house? All right, it's awesome to see you as well. Welcome to what we call Big Church, I guess. No, it's good to see you. And uh, thanks for, for being here today and uh, making it through the rain. Um, we have an awesome morning for you um, as we continue. We're starting a brand new series today called Breaking Free. And this is a series through the book of Galatians. So if you have a Bible, if you have a Bible app, you can head over there now. Galatians chapter 1. Go ahead and use the table of contents if you need it. That's what it's there for. The beginning of your Bible. We'll also put the verses up on the screen for you. So uh, Galatians 1. You can just find that and hold your spot. We'll be reading through that in a minute. Um, but I'm so excited to be starting this series in Galatians together. Because the book of Galatians is a powerful book. It's about the freedom we have in Jesus Christ through the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. And in this series, man, we're going to be free. God's setting us free. We're breaking free. And that's what I'm excited about. Now, I have never been to prison. <laughs> that was not on my pastoral resume. Yep. Uh, if it had, that would be a pretty amazing story. So I, I've, I've never been in the clink. Um, but I have seen Shawshank Redemption, so I am speaking, you know, from experience. Uh, when I tell you that uh, in the movie, Shawshank Redemption, which is about Shawshank Prison, there's a, there's a prisoner named Brooks. I don't know if you remember Brooks. Yeah, he spent his entire life in prison, 50 years, and he's set free, and uh, he's afraid to leave the prison. Do you remember that? Um, he had been set free, but, but he, he was afraid to experience life outside the prison walls. And there's another prisoner named Red, played by Morgan Freeman, and uh, he's, he's the ever-wise Morgan Freeman, you know, and he, he explains, and he says, these walls are funny. I'm trying to do my best Morgan Freeman for you. It's, it's difficult. <laughs> These walls are funny. First you hate them, then you get used to them. Enough time passes, you depend on them. And that's institutionalized. And Brooks, if you saw the movie, was in fact institutionalized. And he had been set free, but he didn't know how to live free. And how he longed for those dependable prison walls. Well, the book of Galatians was written to some new believers in a region called Galatia who were dealing with the exact same problem. They had been set free by the gospel of grace, but they didn't know how to live free. Instead of experiencing freedom in Jesus Christ, they were going back to a prison of religion, institutionalized, and religion is bondage. Did you know that the word religion actually means... I, I just learned this this week. This is incredible. The word religion actually means to return to bondage. The word re means return. The word legare means to bind. The word religion literally means to return to bondage. Think about that. 
And instead of being a bridge to God, religion becomes this barrier to God. And as human beings, first we hate it, then we get used to it, enough time passes, we depend on it, and we become institutionalized. Religion. And so many people are not experiencing the joy and the freedom of a relationship with God because they're depending upon religion. And religion is bondage. See, Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with God. And when Paul, who's writing the book of Galatians, when Paul finds out that these believers who had been set free by the gospel of grace were returning back to religion... He's not only upset, he's angry. Because Jesus didn't come to, to make us religious. Jesus came to give us life. Jesus didn't... God did not send his son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life, to bear the penalty for our sins, to bleed and die on a cross to bind us in religion. It's not why Jesus came. Jesus came to set us free, and you can be free. And that's what I'm excited about. As we go through this series together, God wants to set us free. He wants to set us free to experience the joy and the freedom that comes from a relationship with God. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're looking at the gospel, the gospel message. We'll talk about what that is. And what you're going to see is that it is the message of Jesus Christ that sets people free. And it's not religion. And you can be free. So let's read Galatians 1 through 10. Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10 together. And then we'll dive in. Here we go. Verse 1. Galatians 1. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man... But by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Pause for a second. If you look at the other letters of Paul, when he begins writing a church, he usually says something positive, like, I thank God for you every time I remember you. You notice Paul doesn't thank the church for anything. He goes right to, I am astonished. So this is a different kind of letter. He says, I'm astonished you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. You're turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what, we, what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant 
of Christ. So let's pray, and then we'll dive in to the gospel. God, thanks for today. Thanks for the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ, that you love us and accept us for who we are. And I just pray that hearts would be set free today and lives would be changed through the message of the gospel that Paul preached, that we preach here every Sunday. God, do a work in our hearts. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So here's, here's the big idea today. The big idea is that the gospel sets us free. Parentheses, and it's not religion. The gospel sets us free. Parentheses, and it's not religion. Our freedom is in Christ, not in religion. And it's really important for you to know the difference between the gospel and religion. It's really important for you to distinguish between the two. And that's what Paul is going to help us to do today. Um, let's dive in. Galatians 1.1. 1, 1. As Paul talks about this gospel that sets us free. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. So he said, I'm Paul, I'm an apostle, I'm writing to the churches in Galatia. And then he lays out the gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of God our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And what we see right here at the very beginning is that Paul opens this letter with authority. He's like, Paul, the apostle. What's an apostle? Right? He opens this letter with authority. Paul the Apostle. What's an apostle? Well, it used to be when you were sending a text message in the, uh, the old iOS, and I, I haven't used other devices, but you go in to send your text message, there used to be a button that said send. Do you guys still have that? Or is it, mine's just in, like an arrow now. Anybody have that send button or remember that, that send button? Okay. So yeah, it used to be you type your message, you hit a button that says send. Well, uh, me and my friends were kind of geeking out on Greek a little bit, and and one of my friends wanted to show me a cool trick. And he showed me how I could change my keyboard to a different language. Anybody ever do that? Switch it to a different language, you know, like Spanish or, you know, I don't know what kind of text you want to send. But uh, I switched mine to Greek. I'm learning Greek. And my friend goes, let me show you a trick. We sit, switched it to Greek. And the word send switched to this word apostole. And so when you send a message in Greek, you apostle a message. Isn't that really interesting? I thought that was pretty cool. I can never forget that. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to apostle you a message, you know? And that's what an apostle is. That's what that word means in the Greek. An apostle is someone who is sent by God, and that's who Paul is. Paul is an apostle. Paul is sent. Paul is a man with a message. And who is sending this message? It's God the Father. And Jesus Christ, whom God raised from the dead. This is a message from God. This is a big theme in the book of Galatians. This is not a message sent from man or a man. No, this is a message from God. And, and Paul says, sent, not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And as we learn about the story of Paul and who he is, he is... A man who encountered Jesus Christ risen from the dead on the road to Damascus. And God sent Paul out. 
And what he did is he began to go to strategic places all over the world. He began to tell people about Jesus Christ. And he planted churches. He raised up leaders. And one of the places that he did that was in a region called Galatia, which is where we get the, the, the word Galatians. And so he's writing this letter to the churches in Galatia. And we'll pull, pull it up on a map so you can see it. Um, these churches in Galatia are churches that Paul founded on his first missionary journey. And you can read about that in the book of Acts, chapters 13 and 14. You can read all the stories as he goes to those cities. This first missionary journey took place around A.D. 47 and 48, just 15 years after Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. It's pretty amazing. And the gospel was going out. Paul's preaching the message of Jesus in all these places. You can see it's right in the heart of modern-day Turkey. That's Galatia. And so Paul's going all, to all these cities. He's telling people about Jesus, planting churches, and people were being set free. But when Paul finds out these people who had been set free by the gospel of grace are going back to a prison of religion. He gets upset. He gets angry. So Paul doesn't waste any time. He says, I'm Paul. I'm an apostle. I'm writing to the Galatians. And then he goes right to the gospel that he preached. And our big vision here at Hope is that every one of you would know the gospel and that it would so change your life that you can't help but tell some people about the freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. That's our vision. It's our passion. So what is the gospel? The word gospel just means good news. It's good news about Jesus. It's a message that'll change your life. There's freedom in the gospel. This is how Paul explains it in verse 3. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of God our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so here's the good news. It's quick, it's short, but this is the gospel. You guys see the word rescue? It's important. What's the gospel? Jesus rescued me. Jesus rescued a lot of you. It's good news. He rescued me. Jesus rescues us. He sets us free. And all of us, we sin, we need help. We're separated from God. Maybe we're wrapped up in religion, whatever it is. We couldn't save ourselves. I couldn't save myself. So Jesus came, and he rescued me, and he rescued you. And that's the message that'll change your life. He gave himself on a cross for our sins. And he gave himself on a cross for you, for your sins, to rescue us from this present evil age. And what this tells me is that God loves us, God loves you, right where we're at. Before we had it all put together, God loved you. Even when you were struggling, even when you needed your life to change, even when um, things were not going right, God loved you so much that he gave himself for you. And he died on the cross for your sins. And he rose from the dead, so that you, not so you could have religion, but so that you could have life. And so that you could have a new relationship with God. That's the message that sets people free. If you're here today, and you're going, you know what? I need Jesus to rescue me. I need Jesus in my life today. It's so simple. You just ask. You say, Jesus, rescue me. I need 
grace and peace from you, God, in my life. I want a relationship with you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for giving yourself for me. God, I'm not the hero, but you're the hero. And I want you to be, I want you to get the glory in my life forever and ever. Amen. If you pray that prayer, if you invite Jesus into your life, he's going to come. He's going to rescue you. And your whole life is going to change. That's the good news. That's the gospel. It sets us free. But what it is not, is it is not religion. And you need to know the difference between the gospel and religion. Because religion does not set people free. And when Paul, like I said, finds out that these believers who had trusted the gospel were now going back to religion, he's mad, he's angry, he's livid. And he begins to write in verse 6, I'm astonished you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. So we talked about the gospel. Let's talk about religion for a second. So um, he says, some people have infiltrated the church. And there were, there were some people that had come into the church and they were perverting the gospel and they were confusing the Galatians. And this was a group of people that were known as the Judaizers. And the Judaizers taught that you are saved by grace and following the law. You're saved by grace and following the law. You're saved by grace and following the rules. You're saved by grace and being a good person. And the law that they were talking about was the, uh, the full Old Testament Jewish law. And these Judaizers were advocating that these believers go back to Sabbath keeping, that they go back to dietary laws. Don't, no bacon, no, no lobster. Um, they were advocating circumcision, which terrified all the guys in the church. <laughs> but what were they saying? You know, we see this in the church today. Not just, not Judaizers, but people that say, you know, it's great you believe in Jesus, but you know what? Jesus is, Jesus is great, but he's not enough. You know, if you really want to be saved, it's, it's, you know, Jesus is great, but it's Jesus plus. It's Jesus plus being a good person. It's Jesus plus keeping the rules. It's Jesus plus religion. It's Jesus plus all the rules and rituals. I just want to tell you today, if, if you have to earn it, if it's Jesus plus anything, that's not the gospel. That's religion. It's not Jesus plus anything. Jesus is enough. And his grace is enough, not only to set us free, but to change our lives. And that's the good news of the gospel. And so Paul can't be any more strong than he is in verse 8, where he says, if even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Guys, only the gospel saves us. Only Jesus saves us. We're not saved by being a good person. We're not saved by being religious. We're not saved by... Jesus plus anything, only Jesus saves us. Only the gospel saves us. 
If you hear something different from anybody else, Paul can't say it any stronger. Let them be under God's curse. The word is anathema. That's, that's so powerful. What's he saying? Only Jesus can save you, and Jesus is enough. It's not Jesus plus anything. It's just Jesus. So I heard about a mansion in San Jose, California. It's called the Winchester House. And some of you might be familiar with this. This house is named after the family that gave us the Winchester rifle, which is known as the gun that won the West. So Sarah Winchester, after her husband died, this is back in the 18, late 1800s, after Sarah Winchester's husband died, she inherited the entire Winchester family fortune. This was a fortune that she believed was cursed because of all the people that had been killed by the guns that her family had created. Sarah Winchester was so haunted by this. She believed that she needed to build a house with rooms for all the spirits of the dead. Can we say creepy? <laughs> And she actually believed if she ever stopped building this house, that she would die. If you stop, you die. Creepy, right? And so she, in 1886, she bought, this was a little farmhouse with eight rooms. And right away, construction crews came and the, the workers started working. The construction crews worked all day, all night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year for 38 years. You think your house has been under renovation for a long time? <laughs> this one it actually ended up, Steve talked about the world records. This one ended up in the Guinness Book of World Records for longest continuous home construction project. I know you thought that was your house. This one has you beat, it's 38 years. Crazy, right? She was so haunted by, by these people who had been killed. She couldn't stop construction. If she ever stopped, she believed she would die. At the end of 38 years, she had 160 rooms, 40 bedrooms, 40 staircases, 2,000 doors. All right, there are only 160 rooms, but there's 2,000 doors. Okay, this, is, this got really weird. 13 bathrooms, 6 kitchens, 47 fireplaces, 3 elevators, all right, 2 basements, um, and 1 shower. That's right, just one shower. Just one shower. <laughs> so why do I tell this story? It's kind of a creepy story. Um, but this is what I was thinking about as I was thinking about this Winchester house, is that Sarah Winchester... It's actually a sad story because no matter how much she did, it was never enough, right? No matter how much she did, it was never enough. No matter how many rooms she built, it would never atone for the sins of her family. And that's the curse of religion. If you stop, you die. And when it comes to religion... 
And this is what I've seen, and some of you have experienced this firsthand. You can never pray enough, can you? You can never give enough. You can never sacrifice enough. You can never be a good enough person to save yourself. There's always more for you to do, and if you stop, you die. You can never do enough or be a good enough person to erase the sins of your past. And that's the curse of religion. And Jesus came to set us free from the burden and the curse of religion. And what I love is, is I love Ephesians 2, 8, 9, where it says, you're not saved by works. It's not from you. It's by grace you are saved through faith. It's not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works, so no one can boast. That's the gospel. Jesus sets us free. Listen, religion will, will say, you need to bleed for God. That's what religion says. Religion says bleed for God. But Christianity says God bled for you. See, it's not about what we do for God. It's about what God has done for us. And that's what Christianity is about. That's what makes it different from every other religion. Because it's not about what we do. It's about what God has done for us. And that's the good news that will set you free. Jesus rescues me. I'm saved by grace. That's powerful. So the gospel sets us free. Let's get that out of there. And it's not religion. Jesus rescued me. He rescued you. He's changing lives. I want to bring it home here in these last few minutes and just encourage you today that you can be free. You can be free. You can experience the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Your life can be transformed. And I see that in Paul. See that transformation. He, he gets very personal here at the end, verse, verse 10. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. You know that person that's just so free, they don't, they're not worried about what everyone else thinks? That's Paul. Look at that. Am I trying to win the approval of human beings? No way. I'm not trying to please people. If I was still trying to be, please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And that is the result of the work of the gospel in his life. It had set him free, not only in his relationship with God, but in his relationship with others, where he's no longer living for likes. Like, 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 come on. I love, uh, I can't help but think of Michael Scott. I had to bring this in because I, um, he says, uh, bring that up if you would. Do I need to be liked? Absolutely not. I like to be liked. I enjoy being liked. I have to be liked. But it's not like this compulsive need to be liked, like my need to be praised. <laughs> I always think that. I'm like, do I need to be liked? No, I just like to be liked. I think so many of us today, we're, we're in this place where um, we're not experiencing full freedom in Christ because... Because our religion is pleasing other people. And um, I've, I am a recovering people pleaser. And the gospel setting me free. But I, I wanted to share just some signs that you have a need to be liked. And I know what you're saying. I don't have a need to be liked. I like to be liked. I have to know. What are some signs you have a need to be liked? I just wrote these down, some things I've experienced. 
We worry about what people think. We can't say no. We can't ask for help. Sign you might need to be liked if you can't say no or ask for help. Anybody hate confrontation? Oh, I hate confrontation. Uh, conflict avoiders. Uh, we're afraid of disappointing someone or letting them down. I just want to say that's not freedom. That's bondage. And, and as, as a recovering people pleaser, I know what it's like to need to be liked, to hate saying no or confronting. But you know what? Here's what I've learned. I've learned the same gospel that sets me free from a religion, sets me free from the religion of pleasing others because, you know what? Our value isn't in what we do for others, is it? Our value is in what Christ has done for us. And our worth isn't in whether people like us. Our worth is in the fact that God loves us. And that message changes your life. So now it's like, you know what? I don't have to please people because it's all about Jesus. It's all about the gospel. And now I'm in this position of leadership here at Hope Community Church, and it's stretching me, right? So it's got to be all about Jesus. And there are times where we have to confront people. There are times when we have to let people down or disappoint someone. And sometimes you're going to be disappointed at me. But it has to be all about Christ. It has to be all about his kingdom. And we cannot be ashamed of the message of Jesus Christ because it is a message that sets us free. And the same message that saves us transforms our life. And I'm here to tell you today, you can be free. You can be free from religion. You can be free from having to please people all the time to live your life for Jesus Christ. So as we wrap up today, and we end, I just want to let you know, it's a very simple truth, that it's the gospel that saves you, and it's not religion, and that you can be free. And I know we have a lot of other questions, like, you know, what about, what about being a good person? What about obedience? What about the law? What about Paul and his story? And that's, the Galatians were asking those exact same questions, and that's what this series is about. So come back, come back next week. Next week, you're going to hear more about Paul. What you're going to see is that Paul had been down that religious road. And it didn't lead to life. It led to death. And it didn't lead to freedom. It led to bondage. And it didn't lead to transformation. It led to exhaustion. And Jesus set Paul free, and Jesus can set you free. And our freedom is in the gospel. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to deserve it. It's not about what we achieve. It's all about grace. Grace has set you free. And that's what we celebrate today as we come to communion, as we come to the table. So I invite you to allow God to lift this burden of having to please God or having to please, please others and to simply receive the grace and peace that comes from Jesus Christ.